Welcome back to the Human Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Antonio. And on today's episode, I want to dive into one of my favorite topics, which is mental health. I believe that the industry is in dire need of a rebrand. And on today's episode, I want to dive into my philosophy behind that, as well as my own personal journey with anxiety, and really leave you guys with some hope and some tools even that you can start using today to really start working on your mental health journey. So without further ado, let's get started. All right, kicking it off with episode three of the podcast. So today is a solo episode focused on one of my favorite topics, that is mental health. And those who know me know that I'm extremely passionate about this topic. I do monthly events with Lululemon, focused on this topic with my friend Brian. And I'm almost always talking about this on social media or in person with friends at dinners and so on and so forth. So it felt like a natural kind of focus for a solo episode for me. And on top of that, I even did a poll on my Instagram on, you know, if I were to do some solo episodes, uh, what were some topics that people are interested in? And it kind of came down between the pandemic and mental health, which seem ironic to be put together, but here we are. And overwhelmingly people wanted to talk mental health. So I'm here today solo in my living room and I'm going to go off on mental health for a little bit because this is what I love doing. So without further ado, um, really I want to dive into what I mean when I say mental health is in dire need of a rebrand. When you look at the industries in the wellness industry, I guess, um, you got fitness and nutrition, both absolute behemoth industries. And again, rightfully so they're, they're really important. Um, but if we look at wellness in terms of like a trifecta, we've got nutrition and fitness, but there's a missing element that does not get talked about nearly as much, and that's mental health. We're seeing, you know, the conversation elevate a little bit in the last probably year and a half, but the fact that it's taken this long compared to the billions of dollars that have been generated in nutrition and the fitness industries, um, it's insane. That's absolutely ridiculous. That should not be the case. If we truly look at wellness like a triangle and a trifecta, nutrition, mental health, and you know, fitness, there's no reason why mental health should have taken the back seat that it's taken for decades. And so I think that it's an it's an industry that is behind. I think it's an industry that is in dire need of a rebrand because Nine times out of 10, when someone thinks about mental health or starts talking about it, the average person will think to themselves, well, maybe I'm not depressed. Maybe I don't have anxiety or I've never had a panic attack. But what people don't realize is like, it doesn't even have to do with that. Like it doesn't even have to be about depression or anxiety or panic. 
it can literally, the way that you need to look at it is like, it's literally your brain. Like your body is for fitness and nutrition. Mental health is your brain. And, you know, it's your gut a little bit too, which that's, that's a topic for a different conversation. But for now, we're, let's talk in the realm of the brain. Um, it's, it's, it's really how you perceive and operate in the world from like a mental capacity. Um, that's mental health. And you can build mental endurance, which I'll get into. And you can expand your mental capacity which we can get into. Um, but it doesn't always have to just be about depression, anxiety, panic, and all that, you know, the scary monsters that the industry loves talking about. So I think because of that, the conversation has turned into a taboo. And when someone brings up mental health, they're either they either can relate like, oh yeah, I deal with depression or anxiety or they're, they can't relate. And they're like, well, I don't have those or I don't deal with those. So like, I don't need to care about my mental health. And I'm here to tell you that that's just not the case. Just like you should care about what you put in your body. And just like you should care about, you know, moving your body and getting good cardiovascular shape and, you know, that whole the fitness, you know, mission of movement of the body, you should also be trying to optimize your your mind and making sure that you're grounded and centered and really in a good place mentally. That's so important. So just wanted to get that out of the way. Like that's like kind of my thesis. I always tell people mental health is in dire need of a rebrand. It's way behind as an industry and we need to start redefining this industry as something that's not this big scary monster that we put on a pedestal and we need to bring it back down to earth and make it a human thing. Again, this podcast is all about being human. Mental health is a universally human thing. So when I think about mental health and I think about my own personal journey, which I kind of want to tie into this for me, the way mental health really shows up is in the form of anxiety. And I can trace back, you know, ever since I was little, I dealt with this. But for me, I'm almost never dwelling on the past. I'm always preoccupied with the future. And that's always been the case. And there are a a number of reasons why I think that is. But I think, you know, when I trace it back to being a kid, I remember like the first time I ever felt anxious that I can remember was I remember going to school and in preschool. And it's the first time you really kind of separated from your mom. And if you, those of you who listened to my first episode of the podcast, you know that I'm adopted. You know that abandonment is something that I have battled with all my life, that fear of abandonment. And so when I was a kid, when you go to preschool for the first time, the moment you're separated from your mom and the home and you're in this new scary place around new scary people, it's terrifying. And I remember I would feel sick to my stomach, like physically sick as a kid. And 
you know, growing up, you don't really talk about these things and you don't really have the words or the language to make sense of it. So what happens with is when you're a kid going to preschool for the first time and you're terrified and you're sick to your stomach and you feel like you're going to throw up, you think that there's something wrong with you. And, you know, similar to like if you've got a, a torn muscle or you're putting a, a ton of tension on a, a muscle or a movement in your body, over time, the other muscles start to compensate for it and then you ultimately might end up straining a muscle or tearing something or getting super injured in like the sports world. Um, the same thing happens mentally. So if we leave something unchecked, and we don't have the language or the tools, or the resources to cycle through it effectively or mend it or heal it, that thing's going to compound. And so what I, think, what I think happened to a lot of us, including myself, is we have these episodes as kids where we feel anxious or we have a panic attack or something happens. And the narrative in our mind is, holy shit, there's something wrong with me. Oh my God. Like, what the heck is going on? There's something wrong with me. I'm going to be sick. Like, I don't know what to do. And then that narrative just builds over years. And then lo and behold, you enter the teenage years, which are shitty for everybody in a lot of different ways. There's a lot going on, a lot of changes in adolescence and uh, relationship dynamics and just the way you perceive yourself and the societal pressures. All of that, stack all that on top of like a growing and compounding mental health kind of uh, seed that's been planted at a young age of like something that is you've been telling yourself is scary. And that is just a recipe for a life of, you know, anxiety or depression or that thing's going to spiral to that level, which it did for me. You know, you go through the teenage years and you're just an anxious person and I get, you know, a little bit of social anxiety and, and then, you know, when you become an, an adult, you get the full blown panic attacks, which is what happened to me really post college. I started having the worst panic attacks, like crippling panic attacks. And for those who have the luxury of not ever experiencing one of those, I'll, I'll explain it to you real quick because it's not a fun thing and again it shows up differently for everybody but for me it's like a terrifying experience you know it could be sweaty palms rapid heartbeat shallow breathing you know you could black out even um for me the worst of it is nausea so i tend to get feel like i'm gonna throw up which then spirals into some um, social anxiety around like, oh my God, what if I throw up? Like, what are people going to think of me? Which has then led to like a mild case of like claustrophobia in terms of like, say I'm on an airplane and I get hit with the thought, oh, what if I have a panic attack? Then that spirals into like me starting to feel a little nauseous. Then I'm like, oh my God, I can't throw up. What if I throw up in front of all these people on a plane and I'm stuck and I can't get up? So it just like has spiraled into that kind of catastrophic thinking for me in the past. And th that's like really 
it was the peak for me was the panic attacks after college. And over the years, what I've done is I've been able to kind of name and put language to some of my demons, which I think is really important. I think it's important with this mental health conversation to first adapt a level of awareness to your situation. To go from just getting put on autopilot and experiencing life as terrifying as it can feel some days, to go from that to having a certain level of awareness around that and be able to actually look at your situation and watch yourself experience what you're experiencing, to me, that was always step one. You know, the second I could admit that I was feeling anxious or that I was feeling panicked or nauseous or, you know, fill in the blank, um, worried, upset, frustrated, like you need to put language to your feelings and what you're experiencing. Start noting that. Like that is so powerful. I cannot stress that enough. Um, so once I started doing that, that definitely helped me. And then from there, that level of awareness, you then start to detach a little bit from the actual experience itself. So the second I started putting language to my panic attacks and understanding and like not being afraid to go right at it and like dive into like what was actually happening, the power starts to really deflate and you really like begin to shine a light on what you thought was a monster and what you realize is actually a friend And I know that this sounds kind of goofy, but track with me on this visual. So it always, you know, or at least often for a lot of people, maybe some of you can relate to this. It feels like when you're sitting with your mind, you're in a locked room. And if you're on one, or anything like me, at times it can feel like the lights are off in that room and there's some big, scary monsters lurking around the corner. And there's no one there but you and those monsters, and they're coming to get you. And you can feel helpless, you can feel afraid, and you can definitely feel alone. I've felt that. I've felt that a a lot in my life. But what I've been able to do, which is what I hope for everyone in my life, is I've been able to turn that room upside down, shake it around, and turn the lights on. And I've been able to, in doing so, recognize that those demons and those shadows and those monsters that I thought were coming to kill me were actually put in that room 
to show me a message and to show me a direction and to really look out for me. They're just symbols and they're just messages for what we're going through on a macro level in our life. They're just symptoms. And they're our friend. And even the visual of going up and hugging your monster or your demon and saying thank you for existing because you've shown me and illuminated some things that are that I might not have seen or wanted to deal with. Just that visual alone is extremely powerful. You talk about being a person of love and a person who wants to bring love to the world. What if you brought love to your demons and your monsters and your shadows? Sounds so counterintuitive, but actually what you'll realize is the second you start doing that, the second that anxiety and that depression and that panic and that fear starts to become a constructive thing. And again, it's not to negate what anyone is going through or even what I went through, but I really just, my goal with this podcast in general is to always just create a paradigm shift or offer you some different perspective. And I think when it comes to mental health, this is something that I've gotten feedback on that I've been able to do with a lot of people in my life is I've helped them be able to transition how they think about mental health in their own life and how they can go from thinking it's some scary thing that makes them feel alone and isolated to it actually just being a universally human experience that they can leverage to grow from and to build upon. And I'm not going to speak too much on depression because for me, that hasn't really, that's not really how it shows up for me. Like I, I tend to be a pretty high strung, um, anxious individual naturally with both the profession that I'm in as an entrepreneur and a founder. Um, but also just like being a visionary and a futurist and someone who thinks expansively about the world. And I'm also an empath. So there's just a lot of, a lot of energy that I'm battling with almost all the time. And so for me, anxiety is definitely like the thing that shows up. So I don't really feel all that qualified, honestly, to speak on depression, but I think the fundamentals of what I just said um, definitely still resonate with that topic. And so I think, um, you know, part of this journey as well that I've had has been just being able to like see mental health as that on that like wellness trifecta, that's like been extremely helpful because then again, it's all about like bringing it off the shelf and bringing it back down to earth. And when you start thinking about mental health, like fitness and nutrition, it's actually really empowering. Um, you know, I did a, went on a Peloton ride this morning and that's like an incredible experience. I'm extremely lucky to have one. Like, gotta, 
honestly, side tangent, I got it like pre, uh, I got it in November of 2019. So this was like before pandemic and all that stuff. And who would have thought it would have been like my best friend and all this uh, for fitness. But like you go and you do a Peloton ride, you go for a run, you go to yoga class when that was still a thing. Um, you know, fill in the blank uh, activity. And it's like everyone can wrap their head around that. Like that's not difficult to wrap your head around. Like if you go up to someone and say, hey, I went on a run this morning and it was awesome. I felt great. People like can visually picture that. They get it. Everyone does it. It makes sense. Similar, similarly, it's a tough word to say. Um, when you look at nutrition, we've grown up, honestly, with both of those. We've, like, we've been like developed as human beings from an early age as kids to eat your vegetables and go play outside and be active and play sports. But we've never been taught or given the tools or the frameworks to navigate our own mind. It's insane. And so I think when you look at those other industries like nutrition and fitness, you just look at it the same way with uh, mental health. And you can build your life out in a way where, okay, what are my rituals? What do I need to practice? What do I need to, what habits do I need to adopt for my mental health? Just like I would maybe meal prep or, you know, work out three, five, or three to four to five days a week or something, or drink a ton of water. Like all these other things like are so, we're so like emotionally detached from because it's so just a part of the human DNA and it's just what we do and it's what we're marketed. Uh, and it's what we are just like hit with on social media. And it's like, yeah, work out or eat well. Um, we need to just take that same approach to our own mental health. And it's really that simple. Like I really want to empower you guys today because it does not need to be overcomplicated. The key for me was taking my years of training as an athlete growing up and like I used to love training hard and working on you know my fitness and I didn't always eat the, eat the best, but there were times where I did focus on what I was eating. And I think um, I loved that idea of like, okay, there's a goal or there's some sort of like peak performance level that I want to get at. And so I need to like reverse engineer my way towards that goal and start building habits in my life that can really supplement that and help me get there. I did the same thing mentally. I like hit rock bottom with my panic attacks just like you would say maybe you are feeling like extremely overweight or you're feeling like your, your diet is just completely off and you're not eating well or you're out of shape and you know you want to train for a marathon or you've got a certain fitness goal that you want to hit. Um, you build a plan and you, you really build a structure in your life around it so you can really achieve that thing. And for me, it was like I want to know what it's like to live a life where I don't have a panic attack every day. I want to build mental endurance. I see this life as a marathon and I know to go the distance, I need to build mental endurance. Again, I'm going to keep dumbing this down because I really want to drive this home for you guys. 
if I want to run a marathon, but I can't run a mile, what does that tell me? If I keep getting cramps in the first 20 minutes of running, like I need to build my mental endurance. I need to drink water. I need to stretch. Like all those things, like just great feedback. For me, the feedback was I need to figure out what the tools are and the rituals and the habits and the exercises necessary to get me to a place where I can navigate a panic attack with ease and I can embrace my anxiety and be at peace with it and I can become a grounded human being. And so that journey and that insight led me to meditation. It led me to discover different meditation apps and do guided meditations and led me to different books. And I think that um, that was such a turning point for me. Like the second I felt like, okay, this is no longer like a, a problem that I'm helpless on, but this is actually something that I can build an objective and an initiative around that's when I was, that's like when I kicked into gear and I haven't looked back since. And I'm not saying I'm like all that in a bag of chips right now by any means. Like life is definitely trying and challenging and there are days that are better than others. But what I will say is since kind of making that pledge to myself to work on my own mental health and like actually make that a thing and not some like hyperbole, like bumper sticker statement, um, my life has absolutely turned around. Like my panic attacks have gone away. My anxiety has gotten way more manageable. Um, and overall, I feel extremely grounded. And honestly, especially in 2020, I'm so thankful that I made that pledge to myself and that I started down that pathway of working on myself mentally. I would have not been able to navigate 2020 without having done that and done the legwork ahead of time to really set the foundation for myself to become more grounded and just more equanimous is the word in the mindfulness space. Um, and so that's what I would encourage all of you to start really examining and looking at. You know, what is what is your demon? What is your shadow? How can you bring awareness to it and start to love it and, and embrace it and appreciate it and not run away from it? And then, you know, what sort of tools are at your disposal that you can leverage to start to, you know, chip away at this every day? Again, it's not linear. There are some days that are going to be better than others, but like you can at least start to chip away and work and practice building your mental endurance. Like I'm speaking from like literally firsthand experience, like this is something that I've done for myself and it's worked. And I want to give you guys hope as like a former like crippling anxiety panic dude. Like I want to encourage you that this is possible. You're not alone and you can absolutely work your way out of it. So from there, you know, I want to give you guys some quick like actionable things to consider on how to start really like kind of chipping away and working on yourself on the mental side, like tomorrow or even today. Um, one of the things that like 
people have heard me talk about a million times um, that is extremely helpful is meditation. So I want to bring it off the shelf from hippie nonsense and bring it down to earth and explain to you the power of meditation in a way that I think could resonate with you. So meditation, yes, you know, society and culture paints it out to be this Buddhist person sitting in the lotus position, like sitting in silence for like two days. Yeah, like sometimes that's the case, but like honestly, I don't want you to overthink it. You have meditative moments throughout your day already, I guarantee it. And I, you know, those moments where you kind of get lost in the moment and you are really, like say you're like doing a task or you're tying your shoe or you're in the shower or something, those moments where you, you like, they go by and you're like, holy crap, like what, what just happened? Like that was like beautiful or like that was like, I feel like I was just really in the zone there. That's a meditative moment. And when you think about life, we are constantly being pulled from the present moment. Meditation is just the practice of cultivating presence and cultivating awareness and, and really building the muscle. Again, using where I want to keep using the fitness analogy because I think it, it really resonates with me. Um, you know, meditation helps you build that muscle of concentration and equanimity and being able to sit with the present moment, which in this life is absolutely everything. And I know that meditation at times can be intimidating because if you're anyone like me, um, sitting alone with your thoughts can be a little scary or you can feel a little ADD and distracted. But I know that there's a myth with meditation that everyone thinks that you need to like quiet your mind when that's not actually the case. It's not about quieting your mind. You're never going to quiet your mind. You really just practice the art of, again, cultivating awareness and presence. And honestly, the most actionable thing I can give you guys today about how to get started if you haven't gotten started or if you're too intimidated or have tried before and have given up, literally choose your favorite song and put in your headphones, close your eyes, put your phone down and listen to the music. You'll find that, you know, three, four minutes go by and you'll be like, holy shit, that was absolute bliss. You know, oftentimes as humans, we are looking for permission to escape from the phone or social media or email or tasks or whatever. When in reality, there's no one there to give us that permission. Like we have to give ourselves that permission. And meditation can be an incredible gift to do that. You know, even if it's like two, three, four minutes, like that could go a long way. And I recommend doing this first thing in the morning because you'll realize that the rest of your day, you're, you're starting from a place of mindfulness and a place of being grounded, which this world desperately needs. 
I can ask anything of you guys, it'd be to do this and adopt this into your day because this world needs more grounded human beings right now. Everyone is on edge and freaking out. And the more mindful we can be with each other, the more we're going to be able to do together and the more we're going to be able to move this world forward. So with meditation, again, highly recommend it. And I think that my my task for you would be to tomorrow morning, choose your favorite song and sit with your eyes closed, with headphones on, blast the music, just get really into it. And you'll find after four minutes, you'll feel way more grounded. You'll feel way more present and ready to take on the day. Once you start doing that for a while, you'll start to get really get a, a hunger for that escape. And you'll get a hunger for wanting to be present. And you'll find that you'll be in the elevator and instead of pulling out your phone because it's really awkward being with other people in an elevator, you'll just be in the elevator. And you'll just enjoy the 15 seconds of silence and just appreciate it for what it is. Or, you know, if you're on the you're driving in your car, maybe you usually listen to a podcast or music. Maybe you shut off the music for a little bit and you just drive and you'll get lost, you know, in that meditative moment. Or a great one that I loved, um, that I still do to this day, even if it's freezing outside, is going for a walk. It's amazing what like a 15 to 20 to 30 minute walk outside will do for your, your mind. It's crazy. So meditation is a must. You can definitely follow up with me on that. I'm happy to have a conversation about it. And I'm sure I'll actually do just a full dedicated episode to just meditation because it's so, it's so key. And it's been so key for my journey. The other thing that is really helpful for me is journaling. And specifically, uh, there's an exercise called morning pages, which I took from this book called The Artist's Way, which is all about getting into your creativity and accessing your intuition. And this exercise is essentially the first thing you do when you wake up, you know, brush your teeth and go to the bathroom, whatever. But then you fill three pages, like stream of consciousness writing. So it doesn't need to look a certain way, sound a certain way. It doesn't even need to make sense. Like there are days where I write, I don't know what I'm writing. And you just fill three pages in your journal. And the purpose of it is to declutter your mind and to really flush out all the junk first thing in the morning. I highly recommend it. It's like been transformative for myself. Um, you know, you find throughout the rest of your day, you're way, you have way more clarity and your mind isn't filled with junk. It's like expansive and open to possibility. And I've had some of my best ideas come from days where I do morning pages. I try to do it every day. And the days that I don't, it's very clear. I feel a little foggy and just like filled with crap in my mind. And it gets in the way of my creativity and it gets in the way of just me operating as a functional human being. So I highly recommend morning pages. Again, three pages. Doesn't need to look a certain way or sound a certain way. Sit down with a pen and paper and write. So I do that and then I meditate. Or actually I do that and then I usually work out. And then, so again, move the body. And then I meditate. And then I'm good to go. Like that is my morning routine. 
Like I don't want to overcomplicate it. I just want to do the bare essentials that prime me for the day. So again, you're probably like, why do you care so much about this? Hopefully this episode has answered that. But really at the end of the day, honestly, I feel like, and you guys heard this if you listen to episode one, I feel like everybody needs a personal cause and mine is definitely mental health. I don't want anyone in my life to feel alone or isolated or like they don't have a way out. Um, I'm haunted by the statistics around suicide. And even I was looking the other day on the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. They were talking about how you know, the age adjusted suicide rate uh, is like 14 per 100,000 individuals, which is just gut-wrenching. Um, it's, it's really, really gut-wrenching and it's haunting for me when I think about all the kids out there and all of the people out there that feel like they don't have a way out. And that has always been my North Star with this topic. That's always been the driving force for me. I want to live in a world where we prioritize our mental health and we take care of each other in society. We take care of each other, you know, in our family and our friendships and relationships. And we look out for one another and we make sure that just like, you know, you've got a workout buddy or maybe you've got a, a, um, accountability partner when it comes to nutrition or you've got a nutritionist or a trainer. We need that in society when it comes to mental health. Therapists can't do it alone. Even therapy, that's a whole other conversation we can get into. Like therapy has its own taboos. Like we need to start bringing this conversation to a place where it's relatable and not scary anymore. I'm riled up about this on a daily basis because I'm so tired of seeing the stats of people that we love ending their life too early because they didn't feel like they had a way out or maybe they didn't feel like they had the tools to navigate their demons. Maybe they were in that locked room and they couldn't figure out how to turn on the light and realize that those demons were actually friends. To me, that kills me and I'm going to do something about it. You know, I told myself I'm going to do something about this. If I'm going to, my legacy and my stamp on this world, you know, I might do things in business and I might do be an investor and I might, you know, with this podcast could be great. But like at the end of the day, on my deathbed, I want the world to have felt my presence in this great fight that is rebranding mental health. So if you felt at all like this was you know, valuable in any way, um, definitely share this with a friend who could use it. Um, I just wanted to, again, do a solo episode, a brief kind of overview of this topic because it's definitely going to be one that I address often on the show. And I'll even probably have more solo episodes as well as interviews with people in the mental health space, as well as my co-host of my uh, Lululemon events, Brian, will definitely have an episode on here talking about it. Um, And so I just wanted to like kind of scratch the surface a little bit. I know it was a little brief, but hopefully that gave you some insight into 
you know, myself in my own battle with anxiety, but hopefully it also gave you some hope that it's a, it's a totally manageable and actionable thing. Like we can totally, you know, improve our lives. We can totally improve our mental state. We're not stuck. Even if we might feel stuck, we're never stuck. We can always take action. And I hope that today's episode really showed that. I appreciate you guys really giving me the space to talk about this because it's really important to me as you've seen. And I'm excited to continue the conversation. I think, again, this is not the last time I'm going to talk about this. I'm definitely going to talk about this some more. And I'm also, you know, I've been on other people's podcasts talking about it. So I'm, you're not going to hear me stop. Like this is like my cause. This is like my personal cause that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. So again, thank you so much. And again, I really appreciate the feedback I've gotten on the episode so far and hopefully I can, you know, get some more good feedback on this episode. And again, keep throwing topics at me. I love it. Like I'll, I'll continue to talk about stuff that, you know, I find to like my own passions in and I'll also like, I'm totally down to explore and I'm curious to explore the different topics that you guys are curious in as well. So I appreciate all of you and stay tuned for more episodes of the Human Capital Podcast. Podcast.